I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking about mine. And I thought yours was pretty good too. You, you know, when, when we pray and, and look into the Word of God and see what God has planned for us, it's worth pursuit. It's worth investment. You, you, you gotta, you gotta go get it. You know, I know a lot of times we pray prayers like, oh God, change me. But the fact of the matter is, is that the, his favorite instrument to use is you. He, he can change you, but it's gonna require your participation. You're going you're gonna to have to do something. You're going to have to make some investment. You're going to have to, you know, uh, the word study. You know, in the Bible it says, study to show thyself approved in the God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What's he telling you to do? Study. We'll do a word study on the word study, and you find out what it really means is break a sweat, make an investment, apply yourself, press in. God expects you to go after it. And by the looks of things, he might be disappointed. <laughs> God expects you to go after it. He expects you to, to jump in and, and, and to apply God's word. You know, we want great breakthrough in our life. Well, then you've got to press into the shepherd. Amen. You just got to make some stuff happen. You've you got you, you to connect with him and go someplace. So you've got to get in that book. If you're here today and you don't own a Bible, if you hold your hand up, the ushers will bring you one. It's our gift to you. We want to make sure everybody's got a copy of the Word of God. And all of us that have one, let's actually study it. Let's use this to, to uh, elevate our life. How about we paint a bigger picture? How about we, uh, uh, we refuse to allow circumstances to frame our world when we can use God's Word to do a much better job? Amen? You got your Bible with you today? Let's stand one more time and let's make a confession together. Lift that Bible up and say, this is my Bible. Say, I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I will do what this says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I'll never be the same. Shout it out, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God one more big praise. He's worth it. Amen. i, I got to tell you today that uh, we ain't ever going to get through what I have for you, so we'll just turn it into a series. Um, but but it's that good. This is this is some good stuff. Okay, this is some good stuff, man. I, you know, every time I read through it, it, right now, I don't know what's going on in, the, in this particular chunk of scripture. But this is a great chunk of Bible right here. This ain't no joke. What we're about ready. What we're about ready to jump into. This is slap your mama good. Okay. This is that good, and some of you have been looking for an excuse to do that. So now here we go. We got to slap your mama good stuff here. It, what, we, what we've got, what, what we've got is uh, in, in one chapter of the Bible, and I just want to share this with you. If you don't know how to read your Bible, you know, you might start in Proverbs and read a chapter of Proverbs every day. And then you go through the book of Proverbs every month. Now, as you get that down, you realize that really doesn't take much time. And you might think, well, reading that same book every month is going to get old. We've been doing that for about 25 years or more. And I've got to tell you something. Every week there's a nugget there. Well, I've never seen that before. Every week. I mean, it's, it's crazy. But then if you, if you get going, then you can add five chapters of Psalms a day. And, you know, some of those chapters are like three verses. You, you, you think five chapters? Yeah, it's going to take you another two and a half minutes maybe. And, and, and you, add, you add five chapters of Psalms, and then now, now every month you're going through the book of Proverbs and Psalms. And when you get those memorized, 
you know, you move on to some other stuff. You know, when you really get going, I'll tell you what, there's, there will come a moment that something inside of God's Word will reach in you and it'll just make a little adjustment, change everything about one particular arena of your life, and all of a sudden you'll be addicted to the Word of God. You'll realize that, uh, oh, now I get it. Now I know what David meant when he said, oh, your word's a lamp to my feet, light to my path. Because right, right at that moment when I didn't know what to do, boom, oh, there it is. It, like Isaiah said, word behind me saying, here's the way. Turn left, turn left, turn left. God's word guiding you and directing you and, and infusing you with, this, with a strict, you know, there's a huge difference between the word of God and a word from God. Big difference. See, some of you, uh, some of you guys have, have maybe you've never really had a word from God. Well, that's why you got to read it and repeat it, 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 and then all of a sudden, you know, Rama, R H E M A, Rama, the Greek word for God's word, for word spoken by God, inspired by God. That you know, a Rama is when God's word comes alive, and all of a sudden, that creative force that's contained in God's word, you've tapped into. And in your spirit, there is a real hook, a real connection. You realize, whoa, God's talking now. Guys, that changes everything. You do realize that people have been known to jump out of boats and walk on water after one word. Hello? We know guys that have chased down giants with nothing but rocks because they had a, 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 a revelation that, 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 hey, God's... Bless me once, he can do it again. You've got to have God's Word. In this chapter that we're going to go to today, and we're, we're, we're going to just jump in here in just a second, but in this chapter, if you didn't have any other Bible, if all the rest of it was taken away, if they came to your house and they said, look, we're going to give you one chapter, what do you want? I honestly believe that if you had Mark chapter 4, and nothing else that you could live a victorious Christian life. Just with Mark chapter 4. There is some great stuff in Mark chapter 4. Let's jump down to verse 35, okay? 35 through 41. We'll read it through. Then we'll be coming back to do... Okay, you with me? Okay, Mark four thirty-five. The same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over... To the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship, and there were also with them other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? There is some incredible, life-changing revelation just in these seven verses, let alone, you know, the other part of this chapter. There's some crazy stuff. Look, look at verse 40 real quick. Look at this. It says in verse 40, he said, uh, why are you so fearful? 
Now remember, these guys riding with Jesus. This ain't some preacher. This is Jesus. Okay? Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. This guy had something that most of us ain't got. Right? He, this is Jesus. And he's teaching them and he's instructing them. And, and, and he says, you know, why are you so fearful? Look at verse 41. And they feared exceedingly. Okay, let's go back to verse 40. I don't think you're catching this. I'm telling you, it takes a real revelatory spirit. Um, why are you so fearful? That's kind of a nice way of saying, fear not. What are you doing? Why are you so fearful? Verse 41. And they feared exceedingly. Can I submit to you that there are times, areas of your life right now, where God has spoken to you and you're doing exactly the opposite? Some of you, 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 well, maybe somebody in the room, but not me, bless God. Liar, liar, pants on fire. There are areas in our life where we know what God says, but we ain't doing it. There, there's something, there's a place, there's a place that God wants to get you. Listen, what, what we're going to do here is, is, is we're going to start a series today called Crossing Over. Okay, crossing over. And what it is, is that God is wanting to get you to where you're not. Okay, where you are is one thing, but where you are not is where you need to be. See, there are areas of your life where you isn't. There are places that you ain't. Places. Remember, the Bible says, give no place to the devil. The word place is position of effectual opportunity. Don't give the enemy a position of effectual opportunity. Uh, the place, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread, God said, I'm going to give it to you. Every position of effectual opportunity that you'll take a stand, God said, I'll, I'll empower you to win there, to succeed there. Every place, there are some places, some Positions of effectual opportunity that God wants you to be, you ain't there. You might be close, but you're not there. Here's what's crazy, is that we know the thoughts and the plans that He has for us. We know His plan is to prosper us, not to harm us. We know His plan is to give us hope and future. But there's areas of our life that life is not being produced there, but we're still hanging there. Why would we stay where we are when we know it's probably where we shouldn't be? See, when you got there, it was great. But he didn't take you there to hang there. To stay there, to dwell there. He brought, it's kind of like, you know, there were things that you did in the third grade that were cute. But by the time you get to the 11th grade... You ought not be doing those things now. Right? It was nice back there, but up here, mm -mm, not so cute. Last night, the boys are getting ready for homecoming. You know, and, and they got tuxedos on, and they're, and, and, and they're asking for the keys to the cars. And, they're, and, and, and I realized that going, come here, that, that was not acceptable. When they were this tall, the last time that they were in a suit. 
Yeah. You got a little something on there, and you're messing with their forehead. You know, yeah. Did your dad ever, ever do that? I guess he did, didn't he? He probably did that a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, many, <laughs> many, many times. But, uh, uh, you know, that's not, he said, there are things back there. You know, you know, there was, when God brought you to where you are, there was life there. But now you're separated from where he's taking you, where he wants you to be, where you ought to be, where you need to be. You're separated. What is separation? What have we learned? What is separation? Somebody shout it out. Death. Separation is death. Right? So in other words, there ain't no life where you are. Life is where you're going. There was life when you got there, but you sucked that up already. You were supposed to. Come on. You're supposed to. That's why, he, that's why he took you there. That, you know, it's the process. It's the learning process. You, know, you got there, you sucked up the life, and now you're moving to where there's more life because there ain't no more life here. You look at somebody close to you and say, you suck the life out of everywhere you go. <laughs> that's what you do. You walk in, you suck the life out of there. That's what you're supposed to do. You, you pick up the life. But when you get to the, to the place and there's no more life in that arena, then you've got to change. You've got to grow. You know, wisdom that you learned in the first grade, obviously you continue to carry it with you. But now you've got to move to a higher level of understanding. You, you, you have the ability to draw more current than you're possibly Placing a draw on. Some of you need to draw stronger current quickly. Because the light's looking dim. You, you got to pull it in. You, 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 you can't be satisfied. You can't settle. I'm just going to be where I am. If God wants me any different, he'll change me. That's stupid thinking. How is this so Stupid. God's going to come down and make some stuff happen. That's why you're here. So that you can get in connection with God and you can make some stuff happen. You, inspired by the Holy Ghost, that infused with an inner strength, that you direct it. But it's, it's you, His hand extended. Well, God, I want you to change my husband. God can't even get you to change. We should get in the book. Keys, keys to crossing over. Insights that will get you from where you is to where you is not. You need to be where you're not. You need to get in that place, that position of effectual opportunity. God wants to get you there. I want to see you there. Your spouse longs for you to be there. Your mama and your daddy, nana and papa. Co-workers, people who don't know you are begging God to get you there. Hmm. Here's the cool part is Jesus is not happy leaving you where you are. He wants to take you to where you're not. He wants to guide you. He, he wants you to press into him. You know, there's a season when we're moving to a new environment. I don't know about you, but in, in my spirit, I sense it's time. We're going to another place. We are, we are moving out. We are going to take more ground than we've ever taken before. Well, then we got to cross over. We don't get to hang out where we've been to get what God's got. We got to go where we ain't so that we can have what we don't have. Right? You've got to be willing to change and grow. Look at your neighbor and say, man, I'm glad you're here. 
You really need this. Tell them. <laughs> okay. Go right back. Go, go all the way to 35. Mark 4.35. 4.35. Same day when evening was come, he said to them, let us pass over. I know, I, uh, well, that's us Passover. Many of your translations say crossover. So we're going to do a crossover. We're not doing a Passover. We're doing a crossover. Why didn't we call it passing over? Because I like crossing over better. I, I, I have some really important debates that I have to settle now. It might save me some time later in the week. We're doing crossing over. Okay? I know King James says passing over, but we're going to do crossing over. Okay? So here we go. We're, gonna, we're, we're crossing over to the other side. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, I'm crossing over. It's late, later, later on, it's really important, but we might not get there today, so I've got to get it in your brain. We are crossing over. Because, see, what many of you have done is you've passed over a lot of stuff already. Now, you passed over your breakthrough. You passed over your freedom. You passed over your good attitude. You passed over... Hello? You pass on a lot of stuff. No, we crossing. Look at your neighbor and say, we are crossing over. Check it out. Look at verse 36. Look at verse 36. When, the, when they had sent the multitude away, they took him even as he was into the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. Let's talk about this for just a minute. Three keys... To crossing over. Three things right here that, that you got to wrap your brain around. Number one, they sent away the multitude. you got to be willing to separate yourself from the crowd. Can I just tell you that there's a lot of people in your world who aren't all that into crossing over. They can come up with lots of excuses why they're going to live... Their mediocre life, in their mediocre house, with their mediocre stuff, with their mediocre attitude, with their mediocre friends, and they want you to be mediocre with them. Some of you guys have passed over a great attitude so you could have a mediocre one. Dude, he's mean. No, I'm, I'm just honest. We could, we could be doing wonderful things for the kingdom. But we, we struggle getting you to bring candy for trunk or treat. I'm just preaching good now. <laughs> you know, we, we could be doing wonderful things. But, but you don't like to come to church more than once or, you know, a month or so because, well, because the way you see it, we'll get to the way you see it in a minute. But that mediocre, see, one, one reason, one reason that, that uh, you know, crossing over to the promised land, you know, why, you, you know what stops a lot of people from, from really getting into it, from really going over there, is because you've got to fight when you get over there. You've got to have an attitude that's, 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 that's not going to settle. You know, we talked about uh, fish tank theology, right? The last thing you want to do is settle. You, you don't want to be part of the crowd. You, well, all of these people, they're not your friends. They are not your friends. I, it would not be love if I came to you and said, well, you know, you're fine. Just hang where you are. No, man. God, the future He has for you. You need to, you need to find the prophetic 
sword in your belt and start using that to cut through the stuff so that you can get into the future that God's called you to. Many of you have traded a sword for a board. You, you, instead, of, instead of cutting through stuff, you just beat on it all the time. You gotta get to where God wants you to be. You gotta, you gotta refuse to be controlled by a bunch of people, a bunch of voices, a bunch of mentalities that, that, that just wanna keep you down, keep you controlled, and, and tell you, oh, you don't need to get religious, you, you, you know, or don't become fanatical. That is a ignorant mentality. That's a, that is a sideshow distraction thing to keep you weak, ineffective. There is a place, a position of effectual opportunity where you can go where God says, God's looking at you and saying, come on, come on, leave, leave, leave the throng. Don't try to fit in. Learn to stand out. Come on, guys. Not, not worry about numbers at all. You're probably going, no doubt. <laughs> Man. So manipulated, so dictated. But people, isn't it weird? Remember back in high school, you know, just watching the boys go through this weakness, all really vital, and everything's crazy in, the, in their life. And you know, you know, Stephen's on the homecoming court, and so you know, and he and he's the captain out there, and he's you know on the team, and he and everything's really important. And five years from now, remember when you used to spend hours. And hours, come on ladies, be real. Remember you, you get them, you spend, you spend an hour in the morning getting ready to go to school to impress people you didn't like. And today you can't even remember their name. All those numbers that, that manipulate and control and dictate, stupid. So wrong thinking, you know, so, so not God's plan. They separated themselves from the crowd. Can we put that scripture up? I, I just want it up. I want it to just hang out there. Send away the multitude. you got to make sure that what's influencing you is Holy Ghost inspired. You know, you're making great big decisions, life-changing decisions. You want to make sure that the the, the voices you're listening to are at least on track with God. I mean, come on. Send away the multitude. Get, get yourself out from under the pressure of all those other voices. Press into the shepherd. You know, can, can I just submit this thought to you? Don't even hang out with the flock. When it comes time to transition, make sure you're connected to the shepherd. To Jesus. Jesus. Well, me and Jesus, we, we got our own thing going. Really? Get real now. You know, to have intimate relationship with God, you, you, you got to press into God. You got to know his voice. You got to be, you know, I, I believe that you're going to have to be in that word. You're going to have to be praying. You're going to, you're going to have to be making some investment. Are you doing it? Or are you coming up with great excuses why you don't have time? 
Everybody, the, the, the many, the multitude, the multitude have excuses. Only a few really press in. You got you to cut yourself out, out of the crowd. There's a few that will make a difference. There's a mass of people that just, you know, the, the, think about it. The multitudes that are expecting God to do something from them. There's a few who are living to do something for God. The masses are, are, are looking for somebody who can help them. There's a few that are looking to help the masses. Let's be a people who have separated ourselves from the crowd so we can get to where we ain't. Because where we are won't produce where God needs us to be. Look at number two right there. They took him even as he was in the ship. And Again, I know that what this literally means is that he was in the boat, so they got in the boat because he was in the boat. They went to where they were going because he was already in that boat. I get that. But what I want you to see here is it says they took him even as he was in the ship. Okay, I want to put it this way, that they didn't try to change him. They allowed him to change them. You need to take Jesus... He's already there. He's already on. How many of you know that when it comes time to go to the next level, Jesus is on board already? You don't have to convince Jesus to tithe. He's on board with it. You don't have to convince Jesus to go pray for the sick. He's on board. You don't have to convince Jesus to take hope to a hurting humanity. He's on board. But they took him. As he was on the ship. His way. Well, the way I see it, that's what's got you in the yogurt you're in right now. You know, the way you see it. I think that God's Word is supposed to transform you by changing the way you think. I think that's Romans 12.2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by allowing God to change the way you think, the way you make your choices, the way you feel about things. Well, I've been raised this way. You know what I've learned is that mo I've been all my life in church, and you know what I've learned is that they, even though great people, good heart, they didn't, you know, they're not, they didn't mean evil, but a lot of what they were so adamant about didn't make any difference. You realize, I've been in camp meetings where they passed a Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket down the aisle. You had to spit your gum in there. Because chewing gum was sin. Now you go back a few years later to the same church, they're selling it in a foyer. Leading people into sin in here, are we? No, we found a way to make money. So now that we can sell gum in the foyer, it's not a sin in the, in the sanctuary. Okay, that's, that's what you wanted. That wasn't Bible. See, they had a hard time because they didn't. We don't always differentiate, you know, when we're when we're teaching the kids. You know, we we, we don't always we don't, we don't always get them the real you know understanding that uh, this is what we like. We like you to not do this. We make them think that if it's if you know if I can make you think that God doesn't do it, that maybe you'll obey. Guys, let's let him be Jesus. Can, can you just set your stuff down and embrace his doctrine, his thought, his 
purpose, his precept, his, his mind. Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus, not take your thoughts and impose them on him. Is it possible? I just want to throw this at you and then move. We only got five more minutes of this. You're going to make it. Okay. But is it possible? Is it possible that the thing that's keeping you from experiencing real life is your fight to prove you're right? You're more worried about proving you're right than you are about allowing the shepherd to break through for you. How about we forget that stuff? How, how about we just let go of some stuff and let Jesus rule in our heart? Look at, look at number three. Got to hurry. And there were also with him other little ships. Little ships following. Can I just get you to wrap your mind around a truth that people are following you? There are eyes looking at you. Some, you know what? There are people around you that need you to find life. Somebody's got to lead the way into true victory. Somebody, would somebody please show us how to maneuver through the chaos of life? Little ships follow you. You, you got to remember, you know, here's the deal is that there is a certain level of liberty that each of us operate on based upon our understanding. But you do know that the greater the level of your liberty, the higher the, the demand is on, on your discipline. Make sense? Great, great liberty, great freedom, greater discipline. All things are lawful for me. But they're not for those little ships. You know, they're messed up over stuff that... Well, here's the deal. There are some things... See, I probably live at a level of liberty that would cause many of you to stumble. You know, some of you, you hang right there, you're good. But others would just be, oh my God, I can't believe it. You know, so there's certain things that even though I could do it, I ain't gonna... There's stuff, there's stuff in my life I could do, I'm not going to do. Here, let, let me break it down this way. Here's what we're teaching our kids. We're teaching our children in regards to alcohol. Okay, I'm not teaching my, my sons that drinking is a sin. I'm not going to teach them that. I'm going to teach them that drinking is stupid. But it's not really sin. Being drunk, according to the Bible, being drunk is sin. Drinking is not sin. So, and you know, I got to tell you that for a lot of people right there, they want to have a, you know, a, a, you know, a, a, a debate, a theological debate. Well, the Bible doesn't say that drinking sin. Now, it, there is a scripture that says, let no wine touch the priest's lips. What are you going to do with that? You know, Old Testament scripture, let no wine touch the priest's lips. Last night, somebody came and said, I've got it figured out. Use a straw. <laughs> um, I don't think... I don't think that's going to work, but uh, hey. now and I, and I have to be careful because I can already tell just by talking to some of you guys, you got a sparkle in your eye. You cannot wait to get out of here and go get a six pack. 
Because, you know, no, 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 no. Come on. Greater liberty, greater responsibility, and greater discipline. Because, see, there are certain things that, that, that I could do that maybe once, but you see it, and you go crazy with it. Because, well, and, you know, and then we, we find you out in the parking lot driving in circles. Hey, hallelujah. Just because you got a liberty don't mean that you can take it. Is it, all right? Is it all right with you? Can I be transparent? Can I just tell you, guys, I'm working on me hard because I got my hands full. Okay? I, I know you're perfect, but I'm messed up. There are areas of my life where I think everything's going fine, and then I find out not so much. Okay? But long, long time ago, a year or so, I don't know. Uh, Shelby and I, we're out of town. We're on vacation. It's hot, and, 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 and we're with the boys, and, and nobody's around. And it's going to be fine. And, and, and there's that, you know, and, and just to make a long story short, we're, we're, we're out to dinner, and, and you know, what, just go ahead and, and, you know, what is one beer a year? You know, get a dark beer, get a dark beer, get it. And that's the voice that was going off, like, get it, 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 drink it, drink it, drink it. And so, finally, finally, I tell you, the pressure was so strong, I couldn't, I couldn't bear it anymore. I said, I'll have a dark beer. Okay, I drank that. I'm teaching my children, drinking is not sin, being drunk is. You know, and, and, you know, when when's the last time you ever saw me? I'm talking about, when have you ever said, they're like, oh my God, we've never seen you drink a beer. So they came home and within 30 days had a beer party at my house. In 30 days. I'm like, what are you doing? You drink. Yeah, one beer in like 16 years. What? See, there are things in your world that you think you're free to do. But the people behind you, the little ships... Come on, guys. The little ships. You, you having life really ain't all about you having life. It's about those coming behind you so that they know the way of life. Not everything that you could get away with do you need to attempt. Hello? You, you know, hey, just because you can speed don't mean you should speed. Well, I won't get caught. That's not the point. How about you take practical everyday living, apply godly wisdom to it, and grow there. And see what kind of transformational breakthrough you could have. I realize there's a big crowd that doesn't want to do this, but you're separating yourself from the crowd. I realize that there are, there are masses of people who, who want to talk about it's, it's not a sin to drink, but who aren't willing to say, I'm not going, I'm going to choose not to because of those that follow me. Quiet up in here now, huh? You know, I'm going to do it his way, not my way. I'm not going to reason it away and say, well, you know what I believe and what I've been taught and the way I see it. No, I'm going to take Jesus in the boat as he is. I'm going to let him, I'm going to let him make those decisions. 
I choose to surrender my life to his authority. And I choose to remember that I'm being followed. And that if I don't make it, I might get up and try again. But there might be those behind me that cave in, give up and quit. So I can't afford to struggle when I don't need to. There are certain things in your life that you've struggled with. You don't need to struggle. You need to grow up. Well, it's hard. That's why God has faith in you. Because He made you strong. He's equipped you. He wired you. He knows you've got the ability. It's kind of hard to go to God and say, I can't do it, when He made you to do it. That's like a wheelbarrow looking at a farmer saying, I can't carry that. Yeah, you can. You don't want to, but you can. You can make it. You can do it. Tighten up. We're going to make it. You know, well, I'm hurting and I'm wounded. That's real. Okay. Take ten minutes. You know, ten minutes. Yeah. I mean, why waste time? I'm not trying to be hard on you. I'm trying to tell you the truth. That 15 minutes... See, here's the deal. Discouragement comes because you're listening to the wrong voice. Depression comes because you're agreeing with it. Take 15 minutes. You might move from discouraged to depressed. You might actually get moved out of your place. It's one thing to lose a grip on your courage. It's another thing to lose your position of authority. You hang out down there too long, and you'll surrender your authority. And then you'll use the same tool that you would have used with authority, but now it don't work because you ain't got no authority. In a lot of our lives, that's what we've done, is that we've hung out just long enough to lose our authority. Now, what we say... See, here's what happened with me and my boys. They saw me. I lost authority there. Trust me, I I got it back. But there was a moment when what I said no longer mattered. You tracking? You got to get your authority back. And once you get it, you can't afford you can't afford to keep throwing it away. You don't need 15 minutes of downtime. You you need to suck it up. The whole world will sit down with you and have a pity party, but there if you can separate yourself from that crowd, you can cross over now. You can go to where you ain't. If you do it his way. I'm telling you, this is his way. This ain't our way. This is his way. He said, don't worry about anything. Take no thought for your life. Don't worry about you. I'll do that for you. Cast all your care on me. I'll care for you. That's what he said. His way is not, let's sit down and (laughs) tear. You don't need that. You do it his way. 
You got him in the boat, and you do it because of those who are following you. Because they need you to get to victory. Amen? We're out of time. Will you close your book? Let me pray for you. And i, I got to tell you something, guys. You want to you be back next week. This stuff, this, we're talking slap your mama good. This gets really good really fast. Crazy chapter. Um, will you bow your head? Let me, let, let me just ask you some questions. Are you here today? And maybe crossing over begins with real relationship. Real connection to God through His Son, Jesus. Are you here and you, and you say, uh, Pastor Tom, I have no relevant relationship with God. I need God to be real in my life. I'm ready to surrender. I'm going to not come up with reasons why. I'm just going to, I'm going to take a step. I'm going to receive the love that God offers me through relationship with His Son, Jesus. If that's you, would you do me a favor? Would you just hold your hand up so we can pray for you? Say, that's me. Pastor Tom, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. I'm ready for Christ. I want to be born again. Hold your hand up real high. Let me see it. I want God to be real in my life. Very quickly. 